Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. And welcome to what will be undoubtedly the greatest podcast that has ever been recorded in the last 30 minutes because you have found the May 13th, 2022 edition of the Wretched Hive podcast. We've got the whole crew here tonight. We've got tons, tons of shiat to get caught up on, to discuss, in a very, very limited time frame to do so. We have one hour. Yeah. Wait, what? Wait, and, what? And, and we right. also have, just for Nico, we have some bitches. Yeah. <laughs> we've, got, we've got bitches in the, his house. Yeah. And those bitches have stuff to discuss. Guys, we've got to talk about Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. We've Hell all yeah. seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange and the Madness of the Multiverse, a.k.a. Evil Dead 4. Mm-hmm. The, uh, in other words, so. the Wanda movie. We've got to talk about Wanda's movie. We've got to talk about, we've had requests to finish our synopsis and our share our feelings about the Moon Knight series. We, Crap! We can't <laughs> just... Me. Wow, are you okay? Excuse me. Wow. Sound, sound sick. Whoa. We can't just... bullshit go! We, we, wow, we, Greg, Greg's Greg's bullshit cough has clearly degenerated into something worse. Somebody re, somebody reminded me earlier today that we are a Star Wars centric podcast, and we've got Star Wars celebration around the freaking corner. Hell's yeah! We had a Obi Wan trailer hit the airwaves on May the fourth. Yeah. And we didn't talk yeah. to you. We didn't get to talk to you about it, Greg. I want to hear your take on that. So we've got a lot to cover in the next fifty-nine minutes. But before we get there, we need to do some introductions. My name is Steve Baldwin. It's such a pleasure to be with you again on another episode of the Wretched Hive. I am joined by the Wookie co-pilot, Greg Lent. Yo, yo, yo! Lifelong Star Wars fan, Scotty Vansky. Just got back from the multiverse. I'm happy to be here. The Millennial Falcon himself. Proud to be pleasured by you, Steve. Nico Rodriguez. And what? he who must not be named anything. Voldemort. <laughs> I kind of got that mixed up. <laughs> Dave, do not ever call him Harry Potter. How's that for an introduction? Mm-hmm. Trying to I go. There was a double guys. negative in there, but we're going to let it slide because I'm so damn happy to see all of you. <laughs> and, and before we get into the meat of the show, can we pause for a minute to just appreciate the greatness that is the National League West right now? Mm. I'm every good team, that. every team is over five hundred. Dodgers are in first place. But every team is over five hundred, and that is an accomplishment. That's there's, that's there's a lot of talent in that division right now. The Dodgers are punishing people right now. The Dodgers are leading the league in pitching and in runs scored. They're just punishing people, and the Angels across town. Are, are crushing the ball. They just need some arms over there. Didn't a kid yeah. pitch a no-hitter the other night? Yeah. Yes, he did. Wow. Uh, yeah, I think he was a rookie, wasn't he? Maybe yes. not. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really follow the Angels because that's not real baseball. That's true. <laughs> Spoken like a true Dodger fan right there. Mm, that yes. is true. And I just want to throw out there, my, my uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers, my Wolves of the English Premier League, got hammered today. By Manchester City, five to one. So, just want to since we're talking sports, that was oh. that was that was our since sports we were minute. talking sports. You thought you'd throw some soccer in there too. So, okay, I'm yes. with you. Yes, I get it. There you go. But five to one is a pummeling in soccer. Oh my that's, god, that's yeah. rough. Well, yeah, we rarely score more than one goal in any any game, and to score five against us is we haven't scored five uh, goals all season. Jesus Christ. You know, and it's not like we don't have enough to talk about, but I'm going to hijack the show just for a second because we got to really recognize a passing here, guys. This is something, it's the end of an era. An era, guys. A great, great, great loss that we've suffered this week. 
Apple has announced that they're discontinuing the iPod. Mm. Yes. The iPod is no longer going to be in production, guys. How will we live mm. without that goofy little wheel that you spin and a oh, man. and a black remember, and white crystal screen? Remember the clicking noise? Remember mm. that when yeah. that was a thing? The picking when you would scroll? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I was speaking. I still got with, my Nano and my original iPod, so I'm. I, the, and they the original original iPod had like a mechanical moving scroll wheel thing, didn't it? Yep. And also an actual hard drive too. Mm -hmm. A spinning like hard a drive. Spinning hard drive. Yeah. Yeah. I gave Steve my original iPod because it stopped working some time ago, but he does have. It's a brick, an original iPod. I tried <laughs> to rejuvenate it. It's it's not rejuvenatable. I was on the phone today at work with an octogenarian and was he said it an iphone no and he said don't don't they have those things with the i something that holds like a thousand songs and i <laughs> and i said yeah that we just it's called your phone we just we just have a phone now <laughs> you didn't try to you didn't try to sell them on a zoom did you because that, that would have been say, a zoom. wow <laughs> wow so, um greg i i thought you were going to go with the passing of neil adams and uh george uh george perez well, that would have been serious of me, and that's we can't have that now, can we? <laughs> that would be a little off-brand, especially in the intro. You're right. Ex my bad. Exactly. Um, that is a great loss, and that's probably something we should speak with some reverence about. Two, two titans of the comic book mm. industry uh, from the 70s and 80s. Uh, we wouldn't have The Dark Knight if it wasn't for Neil Adams, and we wouldn't have The Infinity Gauntlet if it wasn't for George Perez. So yeah. um, I don't know how you put it any bigger than that, guys. So... Uh, Hmm. passing uh, or uh, a fond farewell to those guys and happy trails on the other side of the, uh, the rainbow bridge or wherever it is you send your pets when they die. Yeah. yeah. Two, two, two giants who cast long shadows that will be, will be seen for decades to come in yeah. the, the comic and sequential art industry. There, and there's a lot of people, there's a lot of work that is derivative of what those guys have done. And there's a lot of work that will continue to be derivative. And I mean that in a good way because they are, inspirational in terms of what they do, how they construct a story, how they put a panel together. And they both passed it within the last uh, two weeks, right? It just, just yeah, happened. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. And, and Perez was, that one was known because he, he was very public. He had terminal cancer and he had between six to eight months to live. And that was maybe six months ago. Yeah. Neil Adams was a, a, I mean, he was of the age where mm. it's not a surprise, but it was still kind of a, a shock to see that scroll across the news feed that he had passed. Mm. And, and Greg yeah, is correct on, I, I, I don't, correct on his legacy there. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was a. You know, I, it's obvious. I mean, obviously not a shock for for Perez because, like you say, he he had announced six months ago that he was. You know, he, he well, he, more than six months ago they had cancer, but he announced six months ago that he was refusing any further treatment at this time, mm. um, and his doctors had given him you know how much time they thought he had left, and he lived out that about that time. But yeah, Neil Adams, even though he was eighty something, yeah. Uh, uh, which is old, and and you know you it, you shouldn't be shocked when somebody of that age goes goes away. Uh, but uh, yeah, unex unexpected, I guess, is what you would say. Unexpected, man. Not in, in didn't was not known to be in ill health anyway. Talk about starting the show on a downer. My gosh, you guys, it, come it, on. It, it is, but but Greg is so correct. Yeah. Neil Adams mm -hmm. was influential in taking the Cape Cruise, the Batman character, out of the the '60s camp that was generated by. The, the Batman TV show mm. and moving him into the Dark Knight detective that kind of that, that really primed the pump for what Frank Miller did by taking it to the next level. And that interpretation is still driving Batman today, you know, 40 years later. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Him and uh, Denny O'Neill. And then their work, I, they did a, a bunch of Green Lantern, Green Arrow crossover yes. stuff. But I think that was actually the Brave and the Bold. Do I have that right? That's correct. The that they were on. Uh, but all the stories were Green Lantern, Green Arrow, you know, working together, um, everything green. Kermit the Frog was in there somewhere, too. Um, the Green Hornet true. made a special appearance. Also true. Um, Worked but on they, X-Men, early X-Men. Yeah, he, he, he and Roy did. Thomas did, did. The, that X-Men stuff that was extremely influential. I mean, Byrne has been – John Byrne has been ripping the, the, the Neil Adams style from X-Men for the last 20 years. And I mean that in a complimentary way. Yeah. But I, I was going to say, to go on your Green Arrow, uh, Green Lantern storyline, they did the famous uh, Speedy is an Addict story, uh, the Green Arrow sidekick. My ward a is a drugs. junkie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I don't know why I laugh at that. It's it, you know the the 70s were such an innocent time, and and it it was a very controversial and something that wasn't spoken of in the book. But you look at it today, you look at the cover, and it's just it's uh it's it's it, 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 it's this speedy it literally Oliver? about to shoot up yeah. on the cover, like like with the arm and thing all there. And is it all? Is it Green Arrow? Who's the one? Green yep. Arrow was the one who was in charge of him, right? And, he's just, and it's just you know all exclamation points, basically. My ward is a junkie. And was, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it, it every it, it's like a parody of a '70s cover, except it was a real '70s cover because it's got <laughs> yeah. the word balloon, all exclamation points, the shocked expression, and that that you know he's about to <laughs> about to shoot up with the arm and the band and all the stuff there. Too yeah, funny for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, just a couple of incredible uh, artists, uh, Perez. Uh, we mentioned the Infinity Gauntlet. I mean, that's the thing that probably most hits closest to home on this show. But really, I think, made his mark uh, in DC. Uh, his run on Teen Titans, legendary. Yeah. He had a run on Wonder Woman, uh, equally as legendary. He drew all of the Crisis of Infinite Earths, which is oh, yeah. Yeah. which is probably the first major superhero crossover. I think that came pre-Secret Wars, didn't it? it? It did, and unlike Secret Wars, it had a plot and a purpose. <laughs> other than just selling books yeah. and, and making money. But yeah, it, it, it intricately driven, multiple classic covers out of yeah. that story. And yeah. he also did he also did one of my favorites, which is the the JLA Avengers crossover from two thousand four. Where he, he literally was just fitting every character into some of the covers that has been on, on both teams. Yeah. So for people who even aren't a fan of comic books you know the the scope of all the characters that have been on there. So to imagine him fitting, you know, fifty characters onto a cover, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. So to steal a line from Kevin Smith, big bucket of win for both of those guys. Um, they will be missed. Yeah. Rest in peace, Mr. Adams and Mr. Press. And and the iPod. Let's face it. Yeah. And the iPod. Yeah. All right. Don't don't diss the iPod. That's right. Um guys, if you have an old iPod that you'd like to give to me for my collection, you can call me on the Wretched Hive hotline or send me a text, uh, and I'll tell you where to send it. And that is 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. That's H-I-V-E. In case you can't spell hive. You are still goddamn right. You are... Right. You can also you can also message us directly on Facebook. That's mm. facebook.com forward slash wretched hive podcast. You can if you want. You can't just do that. No, you you can. Um and uh we'll connect with us there. And uh actually Hyvian Mr. Ivansky has been just going berserk on the Instagram, taking over our Instagram account, posted a bunch of stuff for May fourth. Uh a lot of uh, pictures of us in uh, compromising positions. I'll, I'll just Holy I'll just shit. leave it there. I'll just leave it there. Okay. I Holy try. Shit. I try, guys. I try. Mostly wearing <laughs> old Star Wars costumes and being ridiculous with Star Wars stuff. But um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for doing that, Scott. And you can check yeah. that out at uh, Wretched Hive seventy seven on Instagram. All right, so take a look at that. All right, guys. We're I, I know you guys are all into the comics. We're talking about Marvel. Do we mm-hmm. want to dive? Mm-hmm. Do we want to mm-hmm. keep going with that thread? We'll save. I got a. I got a couple of Star Wars stories that we need to cover, guys. But this being a uh, Star Wars centric show, but let's let's save that to the end. Let's stick with the Marvel and go directly into. Okay. I know you guys are so sad about that. Let's go directly into what has become a. I'll 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 go out on a limb. I don't think this is even a limb. A smash Hollywood hit. That's doing fair. great box that office, fair. and that is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness out in theaters right now. The five of us have all seen the movie. Listen, if you do not want to be spoiled, prepare, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are listening to the wrong goddamn podcast. You are listening to the wrong So uh, I'm just going to throw this up. Prepare yourselves. All right, that's right. If you have not seen the movie Doctor Strange in the in the Multiverse of Madness, stop listening. You're going to get spoiled. 
right now. Big time. We're going to talk about the movie, probably in crushing detail, and you're probably going to get a lot of Easter eggs from these guys. I I, I want to jump to the end because there's something I've been dying to say since I saw the movie almost a week ago now. Jump in. Which is the moment where we have the zombie Doctor Strange. Mm. I sat upright and I said out loud in the theater, this is the most Scott Avansky Marvel Cinematic Universe movie that has ever been put out. I would I would agree with that. And, I, I was and, like, Scott is going to have just a, a, a crushing erection eruption when this moment happens mm-hmm. and he sees it for the first time. I know the speculation was there, but God damn it, if it wasn't the fact they even call it out and mm-hmm. and he rises from the grave, I was I was so giddy, but that actually wasn't the most enjoyable moment. I had a shout out loud moment and there probably were a ton of them in this film, but there was one that took me by surprise. I had no idea was coming. Was it the first time that we see the beautiful Elizabeth Olsen? Well, of course, Steve. Okay. I mean, this is Wanda (laughs) and WandaVision in the multiverse of madness, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. No, what was your, what was anything to do with the Tom Cruise parents? (laughs) (laughs) well played sir well played yes so i Uh, i've got more questions than than uh than commentary here well you go ahead scott what was your what was your moment that you want to share i I think well we're going to have a ton of spoilers and this is just one of those major ones but john krasinski yeah showing up in this film that was cool as reed richards wow like I did not expect that at all. The Tom Cruise thing I kind of did because they were joking about it, but I figured it was a, a play on us. But man, mm. that that was fantastic, fantastic to see, guys. <laughs> you know, we we talked a lot about spoilers after the first long trailer that had come out. That was around Super Bowl time because that was my famous. I needed <clears throat> to have Scott talk about this for an hour, um, and and we we did not bring up at all during that time that John Krasinski was rumored to play Mr. Fantastic. Uh, we've talked. We no, about? we've talked about it. Okay. Either okay. that. Well, if not on the air separately, because I I knew that he was tagged for that role, although I didn't. I was not expecting him in this film, but. Because we we talked about a lot of things. Um, we talked about Tom Cruise. We talked about uh, the possibility of Namor. We talked about. Uh, Black Bolt, who ended up showing up. We talked about um, another version of Doctor Strange being on the council, which I guess technically he was. He just wasn't in that room. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, I, I think we actually did pretty good. And I, I, yeah, I, I, I think I was most surprised that their that their Illuminati, which is supposed to be the mm-hmm. you know the 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 great think tank of the Marvel universe, just ended up being a bunch of characters from What If. I thought that was kind mm-hmm. of an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except for Mr. Fantastic, of course. Except for Mr. Fantastic. And and um, so Professor I have a question. X. And Professor I, so, X. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that was a different Professor X than we've seen in, right. in the X-Men movies. Because right. that, that, that Professor X dies in Logan. Spoiler alert, it's been out for five years, but... <laughs> Unless so Professor is... X dies here, there. How many times can they kill <laughs> Patrick Stewart as Professor X? How many but, times? But, are they but, do we're, we're, but we're talking about which multi, which universe he's <laughs> yeah, in. Right? It was specific to that world, which is why yes. they got away with it. But I, I, I have a question to ask. When the unveiling was done of of Mister Fantastic, there was a lot of clapping in my theater, and Doctor Strange had a line about mm. that, and I didn't hear it. I heard part of it, and it sounded like he was making a reference to the 1960s. Did anybody catch that line? He, it's something to the effect of, didn't you chart in the 60s? Yeah. Mm. Okay. So that's it's a, that, that's that's interesting. That might, be a, that might be a plant for how we're going to see the Fantastic Four come into being in the Marvel 616 universe, which I can officially call it now because yeah. that's yeah. what it is in the cinematic universe. All right. Can I, may I, may I, six, go ahead. Go ahead, Nico. Yeah, I might answer your question, Steve. Mm-hmm. Uh, Earth 616, that's the ultimate universe. Is it comics? No. No? no. 616 in the comics is the, the mainstream Marvel universe. Oh, that's universe. the Marvel universe. Oh, Which yeah. okay. I, I was thinking the same thing, too, and I thought that can't be right because I because uh, now they've officially tied in the comic and the MCU universe, MCU universe when they're obviously different. I'm, I think that's kind of a misstep on their part. You know, call it the 615. I don't care. 
as long as we don't call it the 909, because we all know that's a shit show. <laughs> I was going to say, don't live in the 818, man. <laughs> you don't want to live out there. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's do a quick overview of sort of the, the plot of the, the general plot of the film. And I want to get your kind of set up some of these uh, plot points that you're talking about. So we've got, of course, Dr. Strange, who's kind of, you know, kind of hanging out with America Chavez. Right. She's she's sort of like the his his sort of sidekick in this movie. Is that fair to say America Chavez? Is she is she from the comics? Who is America yes. Chavez? She is. She's from the comics. She but kind of wanna, appeared I, in this I, movie. I'm like, who the I hell is clear, this? I want, you're going to have a lot of Doctor Stranges to talk about. So let's clear let's clear up a few things. Let's just call this Doctor Strange Defender Strange. Because I let's think call, that's let's call him Cannon Fodder Strange. Cannon Fodder. Because because Defender Strange is a specific character that may or may not be this one. So let's call him Cannon Fodder Strange. All right. Well, enough. is the is the is the Doctor Strange from the first Doctor Strange movie? Is that Universe Number Six One Six? Yes. Okay. Every Marvel movie that you have seen, okay, is in the Six One Six. All right. Except the What If series, which that's not a movie, sir. I know TV show, but we have to talk TV shows because Wanda is a major important part of this thing. That's for you, Steve. Yeah. So (laughs) we, we discover that America Chavez can, can sort of hop from universe to universe. She doesn't know how she does it, but she can do it. And Wanda wants that power. So sort of, that's sort of the push of this film that Elizabeth Olsen's character, Wanda wants to take America Chavez's power. Yeah. It's sort of the MacGuffin of the movie, right? In a way, that's her power that Elizabeth Olsen's character is chasing after. The beautiful well, it's, it's Wanda. stuff we talked about. She wants her kids back. That's the yes. whole reason. And we knew so this that she coming. can be with her kids. Yeah. We talked about this and knew that this is where it was going to be going with mm-hmm. this whole madness thing. And that Wanda would end up being the villain of this picture. And it, she's really the Scarlet Witch through most of the film. She's less Wanda, more more Scarlet Witch. Is that fair to say? I think she's she's all Scarlet Witch. She's maybe pretending to be Wanda in the uh, first sequence, but she's she's always yeah. the Scarlet Witch otherwise. Yeah. Okay. It it is weird for us as comic book fans to hear her refer to herself when she becomes mm. Scarlet Witch. She is Scarlet Witch. So when they're doing that, it's almost like telling the audience it's okay to think that I'm now the bad person or whatever but she is the Scarlet Witch this whole time. Right. And and I will say, I don't know that Marvel did the best job kind of setting up that she's the villain of the piece. That Mm -hmm. was, that was a bit of a surprise for me that, that she's the villain of the piece and that they turned that card over as early as they did without a lot of setup because she was at the end of WandaVision. I don't know that she was, really established the audience as being a villain at that moment in time. She, she seemed like she was confused, you know, like she could, she can tip either way. And then suddenly we get here and it's like, Oh no, not only is she a bad guy, she's been a bad guy for a while. It's just been off screen. And that felt, that felt a little abrupt to me. It felt a little Sharon Carter esque and I, I wasn't a fan of it. Yeah. That's fair to say, Dave, but I'm also going to say that the way that WandaVision ends there are things while, while I see the uh, kind of ambiguous nature of that, I do see she doesn't give a rat's ass what she did to that town. She doesn't look at that moment and when she's taken off, you know, look back and say, I am so sorry for everything I did. She just is the witch in the costume and flying away. And then we get the post credit scene where she is fully embracing the dark hold at that point. Mm. That's what I'm saying though. It, 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 Yes, you can go back and say, oh, here's the hints and here's what they mean. I wish they would have been a little more explicit, which is a complaint I have about certain points in this movie where I feel like, you know, if we had just taken an extra minute of screen time here, an extra two minutes of screen time here, I think it would have made some things a little more explicit and would have made the, the movie a bit more enjoyable, would have moved the enjoyment needle for me. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. I'm going to be in, in your boat in just a minute with a few okay. things. And Greg, Greg's being very quiet and looking very contemplative there. So I'm curious if he agrees or disagrees with anything that we're discussing. Uh, he's, he's holding I, back. I, I, I am holding back a little bit. Um, uh, and I agree with you a lot, Dave, actually, more than more than I thought I would. Um, and I, and I, 
I like because I like this movie. I thought it was good, uh, but I was I was hoping for a lot more, and there are a lot of things that I was hoping for out of this movie um, that I just didn't get, and that's that's okay. It's not my movie to make, but it's not going to be. Uh, it doesn't sit very high in the in the you know out of twenty four movies or whatever we got now. It's probably really in the middle. Mm. Yep, I, 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 and that's fair for me. And I think I told Steve this when we were talking about it that if you were rating this on a scale of one to ten, I, I would probably be at a six point five, maybe a seven. And I wouldn't really argue with anybody that said six or seven. But if you start to get outside of that bandwidth, I, I would want to. I would kind of question or want to have a conversation about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of. I'm kind of. Right That's there, what but... we're here for, Dave. That's exactly what we're here for. Today. <laughs> that, well, so I'm hoping is that someone will be like, "No, it was a four, you dumbass," or "Hey, it was great. I loved it. it was an eight point five to a nine. And it yeah. was. It wasn't a four, but it sits yeah. in the five to six territory for me. Okay. Um, that... um it, it was just it. Was, you know, it's, it's better than a five because five means you know you, you they're they're really a major flaws in this movie and they're. And there's a couple. There's there's really some major nitpicks that I have. I don't really think they're major flaws. I think they're yes. major nitpicks that I have. So. Yes. Yeah. That, that that's where I'm. I have some. Like I said, I major nitpicks. Like if you would have just taken a minute to set up or better better explain or connect the dots of Wanda's a villain from the get go instead of it's like oh it's just a big reveal. I feel like yeah. that might have mm-hmm. been more reward. It, it was a good shock moment for me, but I feel like it would have been more rewarding for the overall story and the arc of the character yeah. if it had been well, a little more clearer setup. And, and and here's where here here's my addition to that is because when we talked about the first trailer as it came out, I think you mentioned specifically, oh, they're setting her up to be because of that line, you know, you do it and you're a hero, I do it, I'm the villain. You said in our discussion of it all, oh, they're setting her up to be the villain. Then I think you and I think you and Scott, both of you guys, went off and talked about how she's going to be the, the the big bad of the movie. And I go, ah, oh, that's possible. It doesn't seem very likely, especially after what happened at WandaVision. And so when it happens in the movie, and it happens right at the beginning of the movie, I was like, oh, they're really going there. All right, well, then I here we go. And, and, and I was on board for it. I wasn't, like, disappointed. It was just like, yeah. that's an interesting decision. Um, and what I, I don't think really fit the character as she, as she exited the WandaVision show. I don't, th- I don't, think, I don't think that's that character. But... They, they, you know, the thing about the thing about the MCU is they really steal from a lot of sources, and I think from this one they heavily lifted from the Dark Phoenix saga. Um, yeah, they and, did. And and it's not Wanda; it's the Scarlet Witch. And now you gotta now you gotta consider these two separate characters. So are we getting? So you can still have Wanda join the Avengers and be the good guy. But the Scarlet Witch will always be lurking in the background to be a villain of a story. So, and, and, and they, I agree with you. They did heavily lift thematically from the Dark Phoenix, the classic Dark Phoenix storyline from X Men. And ironically, it's a better Dark Phoenix movie than the X Men <laughs> Phoenix Dark Phoenix movie. Both of them. Both, yeah, both, both of them. them. Yeah. yeah. So, a couple Steve's things. Eyes that, are that, glazing over at this point. No, I'm no, sorry. Co- no, a couple things that jumped out for me in this, and I, I, you kind of touched on it when we started, I think, Dave, and that is that. I think the this movie more than maybe the other Marvel movies to date, and I think it's because we're getting more te- more good television. It, watching WandaVision and really understanding WandaVision, understanding the character, and having discussed it with you guys following that series, really enhanced my movie experience. I think without having seen WandaVision prior to seeing the film, I would have been pretty lost. I think yeah. it's hard. To, it's hard to really say that because it didn't happen that way but I'd be interested in hearing from fans that hadn't seen WandaVision or hadn't seen What If and saw this movie to get their take on it so, I, I'd be so curious about that I, I I went with my better half Amy yep. and she has not seen WandaVision has not seen What If actually hasn't seen the first Doctor Strange movie oh. and while she, and she how did you guys like, end up together again I, uh, <laughs> because because she is the better half. Let's just yeah. clarify and, that. And, and she doesn't really care for horror movies, which I felt bad about because I didn't realize there would be so many horror elements in this thing. Okay, but yeah, she she while she enjoyed it because it still has all the Marvel sweet spot stuff. She didn't understand a lot of what was going yeah. on, and I oh, think yeah. I talked about this on the pre-show that that this is I think the first Marvel product that you can really say that about. Mm-hmm. 
And that's that's going to be an interesting problem for them to wrestle with. If the continuity of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is starting to get so involved that you really do have to have, you know, read the last two years of X-Men to understand this current issue of Captain America, mm. that is going to start to be a problem for them in sustaining their audience for the long run. Because yeah. it, they've been successful in part, in my opinion, because you can just drop in and you get a fulfilling story that you understand. Mm. Maybe it's enhanced by having seen the other stuff, but it's not necessary to have seen the other stuff. This mm. might be one of the first ones where you really have to have seen a couple of things along from the last five years. Yeah, dare I say, you definitely need to see Doctor Strange just to know Doctor Strange. You have to see WandaVision. It is you have to you just to understand mm -hmm. what this character is going through in this movie yeah. but i would go as far as to say loki would help explain a lot of the multiverse nonsense that's going on and then what if there are literally characters from what if that appear in this which we pointed out multiple times and i i'm sorry to say it's still good to go back and revisit what if because if that show is going to continue and be canon it's going to contribute to more of their properties, movie properties down mm. the road. Um, but God damn, seriously, that's a lot of TV watching just to get into this movie. Mm. I don't know that watching Loki is like necessary. Um, Not necessary. It just might help explain. Like people are asking, yeah. I've seen online <laughs> after watching the movie, what is this whole, how's this whole multiverse thing work? And Loki kind of gave it to you in that cartoon version. Yeah, it's you an, it's an did, enrichment but, activity. But, yeah, but of. by the same token, like you 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 went to see Spider Man No Way Home and you don't understand the concept of the multiverse. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. if you're not understanding the multiverse, you must be one of the five people in the world that didn't go see that Spider Man movie. Mm. Yeah, we, I took Karen to go see that with uh, Jaden, and she's like, "What the hell is going on? Why are there all these Spider Man running around?" I'm like, "Well, and oh. I mean, it's." branch theory of like multiple timelines and multiple universes is not unique to Marvel or their movies and that's basically what the Marvel multiverse is it's just like a branch theory of universes every choice that anyone could make yeah. if they make it a different way branches into a different universe because that has a butterfly effect on the future hmm. and both futures exist as a different universe well that that's easy to say nico but i'm just saying for the people that don't follow that concept they don't realize that they're going to go into a movie like a spider-man or a doctor strange and it's all about that mm. and also when did nico yeah. become an expert on quantum physics really quick because that was very concise and well done <laughs> fucking blue just blew my mind yeah right he's been studying Props to you he's been, sir he's been studying that <laughs> so the other thing I wanted to point out, I think I, I, I realized after the film, I walked out of the movie and I, I enjoyed the movie. I, I, I scored it close to what Dave said. I didn't dislike the movie, but I was a little bit, um, I felt a little bit like it had some man of steel syndrome to it. Almost like it was like so much action and like, look what we can do sort of like uh, the the uh, digital effects were so overloaded in every scene. And I was like, where's the character development? But then I thought, well, the character development was in WandaVision and what yeah. if? So yeah. if you don't see the, those, those, you know, those products, you're, you're completely missing. You're just getting this like, you know, I'll just, uh, I don't know, this, this, uh, affronted by the, this this digital action that all looks great and is beautiful and the you know the scene with the giant squid in the first third of the movie I mean it's it's brilliantly animated it's so good um, and Dave and I were talking after that that Scott has got to love the the spear through the eye that was you no, know that was great the, that was yeah. so awesome um, but but there's just so little character development in this film and I realized after oh the character development was in WandaVision. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I would disagree with you a little bit there because Doctor Strange has a definite arc on this. Yeah. They, mm. I don't think they established it as well as they could have, but I got the sense that Doctor Strange was in love with Christine. Then mm. he's gone for five years. Christine moves on with her life, and he's kind of dropped back in. And there's, there's no ability for him to go back and undo 
all of the things that that he neglected in his time on the planet, let alone what happened when he was just snapped out of existence for five years. So he's kind of there, kind of making his peace, kind of sort of dealing with it, Mm. and then goes off and has this adventure and encounters Christine on another world, and she kind of gives him permission to go off and love again and be a complete person again. And then we get to the post credit scene, which is going to be worth at least 10 minutes of, of geek out discussion on. Oh, yeah. I, so also, I feel, I'm just saying I feel like there was a character arc for Strange, but it wasn't very well defined. Mm-hmm. Go, um, Nico, but I'm going to comment after Nico. on yeah, I, I was going to say, I kind of, to piggyback off of what you're saying, Dave, I almost like we get to watch um, Stephen meet Wanda's story arc through the film and the TV show where he from one go in the past and, and change things and have the different future and have that he wants and he has this power and he knows and try to figure out a way to do it but the cost and I feel like we get to see him kind of realize that there really isn't a way to get everything that you want in trying to stop Wanda from doing the same thing. Yeah, I, I'm going to throw this in, too. This is a what-if moment, Steve. If you didn't see the Doctor Strange episode I in saw What it. If. Yep. Okay, so this is a direct connection to the, the Doctor Strange, the Dark Strange that we see later on mm. um, losing. And most likely that is the one that we see or, or very similar to him constantly losing the Christine in his universe. Mm-hmm. Um, he does have the third eye. He does have all these other traits that we saw in uh, what if maybe not everything that we saw, like all the, the characteristics of the creatures he's absorbing, but it's very much that character who has tried repeatedly to change the past and not be able to get his Christine in his universe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he even points out when he sees the other Christine, the 838 Christine outside the window, looking down, um, mm-hmm. you know, or looking outside his door, how he wants to trade for her. And I just found that very fascinating that it's tying that that animated series so much into this because we will see a, a lot of other characters in discussions about this, um, which I'm, I have. There's the ending. My God, seriously, you don't want to do two hours tonight. <laughs> Can't no. do it. All right. Let's I jump know, to I the know. ending. Let's jump to I the know. ending. Um, who's going to break this down for us? So, Doc, so the first thing that happens in, is that Doctor Strange uh, ends up with a third eye, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then this weird chick appears, and I'm not going to lie, I was confused by this. So I feel like if I was confused, I'm sure other people were. Mm -hmm. This chick appears out of nowhere and just says, you've caused an incursion. We're going to make this, we're going to go fix this. And then Strange kind of going with what Christine has told him says like, yeah, I'm ready. Let me break out my third weird creepy eye because that's a bold thing to do on a first date. And let's go. (laughs) And then they jump through the portal into what looks to be the dark dimension and yep. it would make sense knowing who this character is. And you only know who this character is if you've read the rumors that Charlize Theron has been cast as a MCU character and you recognize that that was Charlize Theron, which yeah. I did not. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> it was so cool. And her yeah. character is Clea, Doctor Strange's long-standing love interest from the comics, who is a sorceress supreme in her own right yeah and is a niece of dormammu from the dark dimension yeah who so was, they, they, they they did call it out in the credits uh, they, Clea they, played by Charlize theron so you so you could have read the credits for that too I, yeah. yeah i could have but i'm just saying in the moment <laughs> i'm just saying in the moment no. i was very confused and that's one of the the yeah. few times i've been kind of confused like what the hell just happened yeah. in an mcu movie it's done I, weird I, it's done weird i also was equally as confused i did recognize Charlize theron so me and nico get points for that one yes you do but yep. but i i i didn't think that was clear because she didn't fit my picture from the comic books that i remembered except for the white blonde hair that was it um yeah so it, it was also like uh, okay who the hell was that <laughs> and and what are they doing here and why is dr strange just going with her and why is he now suddenly cool with the third eye when just before the end credits started he was not cool with the third eye um i i got an answer to that and we're glossing over a ton of this movie but it's because he used the dark hold 
he had to use the dark hold mm. to get to no, the No, that's why I get that's, that's why, why he, he had the third it. eye. But yeah. he just when the when the third eye first appears at the very end of the movie before the credit starts, he's in the street screaming his head off and then the then you have the the pre-credits thing and then the mid-credit scene starts and he's walking down the street and he's like, "Hey, it's my third eye." Hey. I, I mm-hmm. think the pain yeah. was just from the third eye like growing into his body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think and I th- it was also the realization of the dark hold and how it's affecting him a little bit. But you're right. It is weird because the next scene he's like, hey, you're right. Hey, he's, he's literally <laughs> he's literally hey, walking down the street whistling. He's like, yeah. and right, he's so- also like, hey, <laughs> you're kind of cool. Look at my third eye, woman. Well, I do have a question about the dark hold. And uh, this is not something I came up with. I read this online and I was just intrigued by it. So I can't take credit for this, but um, is, is the actual villain of the movie, the dark hold? Well, it could I, be the, the creature. I, I, that... I, I, and let me, let me just put I, this I, I, I think there's an argument to be made because like we talked about before, it's not Wanda. Who's the bad guy. It's yes. the Scarlet witch. So Correct. I think right. there's an argument to be made there. Yeah. Yes. Well, there's, they, there's a they, lot more history and, and, that they're not explaining with Cthon the Darkhold, they are in the tower, though, where the Darkhold was basically forged, right? That's what the, the scripture one, on the Wanda, wall is. Wondagore Mountain, sir. Wondagore, thank you. Yes. Is the Darkhold sentient in the con? Does it, does it, I, uh, does it have some sort of, you know, a will? You're not like, it's not like a possession, like there's some evil spirit that takes when you read it it's more of a like a twisting of your own soul yeah that's okay. a good way to put it nico yeah so i i would say wanda is still the villain because he willingly chose knowing the consequences of using the dark hole mm. did it anyway right mm. um think it since this is a sam raimi film let's just go think of it as the book of the dead from the Evil Dead series. Platu Virata. Oh, that's just what they call pillow talk, baby. <laughs> um, I, I, I wanted to get one thing out because you guys kind of reviewed it. Um, I just wanted to say this real quick. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you guys on the review of the film. I'm probably at maybe a six or a seven. I'm still kind of wishy-washy on it because I couldn't hear half the dialogue because I was sitting next to Jabba the Hutt. But... Um, <laughs> But I will say this. Yes. Um, this was my one take out of it. By the way, that's and really offensive, and I'm trying to cut back. Okay, so just on the t- yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> man. <laughs> it's really mean of you uh, to say that. But while I'm, I'm I in wanted the room. to paraphrase a good buddy of mine, Jeff Goldblum. Now, now, now there there is going to be a multiverse in your movie called Into the Mad Mad uh, the Madness of the Multiverse movie, right? Because honest to God, other than like a couple moments where they're in one section, I felt like we just didn't get the Mm -hmm. multiverse. We just got this really cool sequence where he's going through all the multiverse. Yeah. And then we just didn't, we ended up in eight, three, eight and Hey, that's cool. But it kind of looked just like ours. And then. Yeah. For a movie that was called the multiverse of madness, it was a pretty linear story. Like everywhere they went and they even pointed (laughs) at, they even pointed out is like, you've gone everywhere you exactly you needed to go. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So yeah, I you know it's a, it, a little a little odd, didn't it? In that way. way, and especially I'm I'm gonna really kind of change gears here, especially coming after, um, and I don't know if you guys have seen it, but Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is another multiverse movie, no, and no. is fucking incredible, if I might okay. say. Um, but yeah, that's you know. And that one, it's literally them jumping all over the place, you know, traveling into different bodies and different areas, and 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 discovering how the powers that your other selves have in different in different arenas. So I just um, I feel like you're right, Greg. And I haven't seen that movie. I need to check it out from what everyone tells me. But I, I felt like they could have, if if this was what a two hour and forty minute movie or something like that, why couldn't you? you know narrate that story so we get to see more of this multiverse of madness instead mm-hmm. we just got i mean some really cool things but also that, that felt a little wasted at times right yes yeah like and, and i'm gonna i'm gonna just because we're i'm trying to keep the time short 
I'm going to cut you off, but to piggyback on what you're saying there, which is the, the, so the runtime of the movie was actually not that long. It was just a shade over two hours. Oh, so wow. they, they could have, when I said earlier on that, that I feel like they could have invested another, you know, five or 10 minutes to set some things up a little better. I, yeah. I meant that sincerely. And the biggest example to me was with the Illuminati. Yeah. I feel like that was something that was just kind of there and we didn't quite do enough with it to really let it have the impact that it could have, particularly in terms of their confrontation with Wanda, because they show up and they just kind of talk to her and then take turns assaulting this being of unimaginable power one-on-one and, of course, all die horrible fucking deaths. Stupid. Wonderfully. Just stupid strategy. And if they had, if they had taken a couple of minutes – to just kind of explain as a group like wait remember this is still our universe's wanda maximoff and she needs to be alive she's a hostage here we can't kill her we need to separate the evil spirit from her body we can't kill her and that explains why they have this kind of kid gloves approach while they're dealing with her that our wanda takes advantage of i feel like that would have kept the tension in the scene instead of me just sitting there going oh my god they're doing like the basic spidey super stories monologuing before they let the person kill them it's just it's stupid yeah you have black bolt who can literally is so powerful he could just walk into the room and before she realizes he's there whisper a word and you know reduce her to a puddle yeah that's how powerful he is and no they stand around smirking waiting for wanda to kill him first but I will say big ups to Marvel for bringing back Anson Mount from that failed in humans TV show. That was horrible, (laughs) horrible, horrible for bringing him back and letting him do the character, you know, in the proper costume. That was a, that was a fun bit. I really enjoyed that bit. Kudos to you, Marvel cinematic universe. That was awesome. I also was really shocked that they, uh, that they brought that. I'm like, is did they really bring back the guy from the TV show that nobody saw? Like literally nobody saw it. It's it, it aired it. They canceled it before it finished airing. So yeah, I I watched that fucking thing. I'll tell you what. And I regret it. (laughs) (laughs) It does exist on, on Disney plus, but it's like you have to go looking for it. it. It's not really like in any of the Marvel. This is how embarrassed they are of this show. It's not really like with all the Marvel stuff. <laughs> There's it's, a it's, like a, sub- it's like a sub menu in National Geographic. That's where you can find the Inhumans. <laughs> it's the bottom, the very last option. It's and the rest. And it's the very last thumbnail on that thing. Scroll. I think it's I think it's just before Song of the South. I think that's it's, it's right there. Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> Wow. Hey, before we, we, can we be, get, be, go ahead, Scott. Can we get a ruling on that, Greg? Is that mm, a racist? Mm, thing? Mm. <laughs> no, not at all. Not no. at all. all it's because right. he said it. <laughs> hey, before we get out of here, guys, I just want to point us back to, um, you know, if you want to hear more about WandaVision and what it was like on the set of WandaVision, Scott and I interviewed an actress, Jolene Purdy, who was Isabel on WandaVision. Yeah. You can go ahead and go back to episode 186 and 188 of the show back from February and March 2021. We interviewed Jolene Purdy about her experience on that show. So go check that out. Super, super and, nice lady. Yeah. Yes. And before we're cool. off Doctor Strange, I just want to say the actual final post credit scene that had yes. nothing to do with anything. I love that so much. Yes. I thought that I thought that was a fun bit to to finish off Bruce Campbell's cameo in the Sam Raimi movie. Yes. Fighting his hand. Well, he uh, he has appeared in every Sam yeah. Raimi film, every single one, even even the serious ones, not just the funny ones, even the serious ones. I think I believe so, yeah. So the streak continues. Um, obviously, they made the Evil Dead together, uh, all the Evil Dead movies uh, that Sam Raimi was involved in, not the remakes or anything how, like that. How Evil Dead was that? To see him not just in the movie, but at the end, still punting himself just like <laughs> Evil Dead 1 and 2, you know? And, and, I mean. and that is something I want to pause to appreciate, because Sam Raimi is an accomplished filmmaker, right? I mean, yeah. we're talking about him in the horror context here, because that's how he started off. But he, he is an accomplished filmmaker in any genre. He is strong. He is solid. He is not a one-trick wonder. Yeah. It was fun to kind of see him go back to, to his roots with oh, this film. This Definitely yeah, had he, horror elements. Sorry, yeah, you know, and I and Steve Steve is desperately trying to get off this subject here, but 
I mean, really, <laughs> the the most graphically violent Marvel movie we've seen to date. You literally oh, yeah. saw somebody's back of their head blown out. Yes. Um, and, and just shocking the level of violence they went to in this movie. Yeah. I was, anyway. Yeah. It, 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 uh, it really was the meme that I sent Greg, which was a picture of the Trojan horse being led into the city. And inside the Trojan horse, it said Evil Dead 4. The horse was labeled Doctor Strange. The guy <laughs> pulling the horse was Sam Raimi. The guys opening the gate were a Disney executive and a Marvel executive. And then inside the city was movie-going audiences. That, seriously, and I, I know we were moving on, but seriously, uh, Dave, you pointed it out to me. You wanted to hear that. It was so Sam Raimi. It was dark. The demons that turn into his cape at the end, mm -hmm. my God, I'm just like, this is so Sam Raimi right now. And Danny Elfman doing the score and having a whole segment that dealt with music. That was yeah. fucking yes. amazing. A music fight. Oh, so good. That was beautiful. Anyway, I'm sorry, Steve. I just, I you, you said we were hey, trying to end. I wanted to make sure. No, no, no. This yeah. is this was your hour, guys. That's all the time oh. we had is to talk about the movie. We had to get, we had to go in in depth and then get this out of your system. So hey, I'm, I'm glad that we did that. Trade. Yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> uh, I saw it. I saw it. I liked it. It was good. <laughs> Not enough Adobe. Not enough Adobe. Oh, yes, there was. Oh, yes, there was. You weren't at my house. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so we're going to have to do another show now. Yep. Because Tomorrow we, night. we have uh, Star Wars Celebration coming up, which two, is... Two weeks. Star Wars Celebration. Huge. Two weeks. Obi-Wan. Yes. Um, a lot happening. There's a lot happening in the Star Wars universe. We just couldn't get to any of it. There's too much... Marvel and Star Wars to cover. And there's not enough time for us Hybians with busy schedules. What days are you going to be in celebration? I think tickets are officially sold out now. I'm not 100% sure on that, yeah. but I looked the other day and I think they're sold out. Um, what days are you going? Yeah, I'm going Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah, I cannot okay. go Thursday. I just can't. I can't break away from another day at work, but I'm, I'm going Friday and then Saturday, Sunday. I'm making the weekend out of it. And then Monday is Memorial Day. So I get to Monday recover. Memorial Day. So I get to recover Sorry. after that. Uh, but yeah, there's there's just too much to talk about. The, but the guest list is ridiculous. I wanted to oh, do. Yeah, it really is. They, it, I mean, everybody from Star the Wars show, royalty. And, yes. Yeah. Sand Sweet's going to be there. We talked to him. You can you can meet Owen McGregor for only three hundred dollars. I was ready to do a Star Wars choices. Who should I pay to meet? Ewan McGregor. Anthony Daniels, or you Anthony, know Daniels who. Anthony, Anthony Daniels, Daniels, or Anthony, Anthony Daniels. Daniels. Yeah. <laughs> I think you get four votes on stream. Da Daniels will, uh, say, that'll save me about a third of my budget, too. <laughs> Daniels is more affordable. You need to see SAD, Sir Anthony Daniels. Sir Anthony Daniels. Yeah. Well, Why? Because it would be the same thing for me, Steve. I mean, we've all talked so much shit about him, but it would just be amazing to meet that guy. It really, yeah, so, it let me, really let me, would. Let me turn this around for you, Greg. If Glenn Fry was alive, <laughs> would, you, would you want to meet him? Yes, so I can kick him in the nuts. <laughs> can you imagine if, though, if Anthony Daniels has heard any of our shit about him and he just stops me in mid-sentence and he goes, why do you hate me so much? What's that happened to totally you? Hey guys, totally have a great night. Have a great couple of weeks. We will talk to you before celebration, hopefully. And if not, may the force be with us all. By the way, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, best goddamn thing on I've seen on TV in at least a month. That dude is the Black Bolt guy. Isn't that the Black, yeah. Black Bolt guy? Yeah. yeah, Anson Mount. And he's spectacular as a starship captain in that yeah. series.